Welcome to BIB Today, the daily podcast from the newsroom of Business in Vancouver. I'm Kirk LaPointe, publisher and editor-in-chief. This is a week dubbed National Volunteer Week, recognizing the millions of Canadians who provide support to the hundreds of thousands of operations that wouldn't really exist without their benevolence and commitment. But the recognition of volunteerism and the participation in it is something Canada has a challenge with on some levels. And I'm pleased today to have the CEO and president of Volunteer Canada here for a conversation, and also in part to talk about how those in business can be most supportive. Megan Conway is a fellow in the School of Public Policy and Administration at Carleton University and former chair of health and community studies at Algonquin College near Ottawa. She joins me from Ottawa today. Good to see you. Thank you, Kirk, for the uh, kind introduction. Well, the, the uh, help me with the numbers here. How, how many people would you say are volunteering in this country? Well, you know what? Um, we are a nation of people who give back, Kirk, and I think we know that um, in lots of different ways. And we saw that especially during the pandemic. I will point to um, some data that was collected by the Government of Canada through their um, giving and um, uh, volunteering and participation survey from 2018, which says that five out of six Canadians participate in either formal volunteering or informally in a variety of different ways. So that equates to like 24 million Canadians, Kirk, who are um, giving of their time and their energy and their knowledge to a whole bunch of different causes across the country. Yeah, that's a pretty large number. Uh, you know, when we look at this uh, and what it does in terms of uh, filling a gap in the economy, that, that's that's appreciable amounts of money um, and, and resourcing of any sort. Um, do we do a reasonable job, do you think, in this country of recognizing that? I think that there's a, a much um, further way we could go as a nation to recognizing the uh, economic, social, environmental, and collective contribution that volunteers are making. We know from uh, recent data that um, volunteers contribute approximately $8 billion um, uh, to the economy uh, annually, which is a tremendous amount of um, value that they're offering. So I would say that volunteers um, do more than just... Um, offer help or offer service. They're also um, often taking on important tasks in charitable organizations. They're, they're performing um, unpaid labor in a variety of different ways um, that you know the economy I think needs to recognize and businesses are increasingly recognizing, Kirk. I would say um, mm -hmm. you know, Volunteer Canada hosts a corporate community engagement council that is um, like leading businesses across Canada and national and international businesses participate in and I think businesses are increasingly seeing the importance of supporting their uh, employees to volunteer. Yeah, uh, I think you've touched on the one area where I think there is uh, the opportunity there, because I would also think, um, and I can speak as a volunteer, um, you wouldn't want formal economic reward for this. I mean, that's, no, no, definitely that, that not. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. I think we, we want to steer clear of um, we want to steer clear of remuneration, formal remuneration for volunteering. I think uh, increasingly we might be seeing um, different um, uh, approaches to address some of the barriers that exist for volunteering. You know, many, many municipalities or jurisdictions across the country are saying, wait a second, we're asking people to volunteer. Um, we're going to cover the cost of their police record check, for instance. Um, oh. And there are often hidden costs, I would say, associated with volunteering that I think we need to do a better job of recognizing. But I definitely wouldn't encourage payment for volunteering. I think it's counterproductive to um, the kinds of ways we want to engender um, um, participating. 
Sure. And the the um, the pandemic uh, disrupted absolutely everything, including the ability to volunteer for that matter, because an awful lot of these operations require a physical presence uh, at times. Um, as you look back now in the last couple of years, was there any kind of new form of reflection that the country had, do you think, about um, the importance of participating in areas that, say, have a an adjacency to healthcare, an adjacency to some of the issues involving mental health, an adjacency to um, even things like social justice, where where you know the volunteerism is is of importance, and where Canadians began to recognize that a bit differently. You know, I think that's a really great question, Kirk. I I, I hear anecdotal stories, for instance, um, from my colleagues across the country. Um, one of whom uh, leads uh, the network of volunteer centers across Quebec, um, where um, the Quebec government leaned heavily on the Federation um, of Volunteer Centers in Quebec to uh, utilize them as a supply chain to support the delivery of um, vaccines across the province. And I mean, I think mm -hmm. we've all experienced within the last year what a tremendous voluntary effort it took to um, mount the vaccination clinic for COVID-19. And I don't think... Um, that would have been able to have been accomplished without the tremendous efforts of volunteers from coast to coast to coast. Uh, I think about vaccine hunters, they're a tremendous um, group, a voluntary group that started um, uh, you know, through social media to support um, enabling people's access to, to vaccines. I think the other thing I would say, Kirk, throughout the pandemic, and I don't know if this was your experience, but it was certainly mine, but um, the pandemic had a way of isolating us. I think of, uh, in some ways, disconnecting us. Um, and I think we're seeing increasing levels of polarization in our communities because of some of that disconnection and isolation. Yeah. I think yeah. the ability to come back and con contribute in different ways is, I think, an opportunity for us to think about what a broader recovery will look like from the pandemic and, and will help us um, uh, with some of those uh, subtle mental health challenges that we may have all faced throughout the pandemic of being more isolated and more disconnected. Yeah. You, you have a theme this year, which is volunteering is empathy in action. And but you speak also of the polarization. And, and I would uh, support that. I, I think I, I'd see it. Uh, and it's certainly recognized in in the research that's taking place is that we've had a, a polarization. You know, even the whole vaccination process, uh, the participation in restrictions during the pandemic was, was often very polarizing in communities, among families and all of that. Um, are you, you know, is empathy something that we, as a country, through our volunteers, we have to work on a lot more? I, I think empathy allows, practicing empathy through acts of service um, allows us to reconnect with ourselves and with our colleagues and with our neighbors in profound ways. I think for myself, it gets me out of my individual box or my own mindset or my own um, sometimes limited thinking around um the right way for things to happen in the world, Kirk. And I think um, seeing uh, the experience that one another is having, or someone else is having, and being able to connect with that individual, not in a sympathetic way, not in a condescending way, but in a way that is built on empathy and on compassion, I think moves us forward and um, moves us together in ways that are important now as we come out of the pandemic and out of some of this time of polarization. What, um, what barriers do you still notice to uh, participation in, uh, in volunteering in, as regards to things like uh, social justice, equity, inclusion? Um, it, it, what, what, do you, what do you still notice out there, Megan? 
You know, that's a really great question. And I, I can answer that only from my perspective of privilege, which is, you know, I'm a white woman leading a national charitable organization. So I, I really often have to turn to my colleagues who are black, indigenous or people of color from across the country to learn from them and hear about how they conceptualize, understand and talk about volunteering. So I think one of the challenges we face is that we may not all use the same words or the language of volunteering. <clears throat> Colleagues in the Black community may refer to it as mentorship, for instance, or think about how they mentor one another um, as a form of giving back. Um, and I, you know, I, I understand that many Indigenous languages do not have a word for volunteering, and yet we know Indigenous communities and people in Indigenous communities um, give, a, give back in a tremendous way. And so I think we have to think about some of the nuanced approaches um, to participation that are rooted in uh, equity and justice for sure. I also think that the financial barriers that I touched on earlier are ones that we have to be mindful of. And I would encourage municipalities in particular and provincial governments to look at how they might play a role in addressing some of those um, financial burdens that exist for volunteers who have a desire to give back. Uh, you know, requiring a volunteer to have a car to, do a dr to drive, for instance, or to mm -hmm. pay the cost of a voluntary um, record check those those practices might need to be looked at in different ways, Kirk, as we move forward. Um, so I think yeah. there are lots of barriers that still exist. And I think uh, we need to think about recentering new narratives around volunteerism and participation as we move forward that are centered on uh, the voices of those who are who are um, coming from diverse equity seeking groups. Thanks. We, we've certainly seen um, a, um, a kind of a new relationship that people have in many cases, particularly in, in the so-called knowledge economy, the white collar uh, part of the economy with uh, the relationship to work and, uh, and the presence in person, um, the amount of remote work that we're doing, the hybrid uh, approach that's being done. So, so I wonder whether um, there is also a reconsideration by business that's necessary now in this new environment to think through how it is that they can encourage uh, their workforces to still stay committed and active in participating in volunteerism in the community? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I, I guess I would offer a couple of thoughts on that. Um, one of which is that uh, I, I would just say that I think there's a really important conversation that the voluntary sector alongside business needs to be having around the future of volunteerism in Canada, Kirk. I think we have spent mm -hmm. or we are spending a lot of um, thinking around what the future of work looks like. And I would say that we need to think as much about what the future of volunteering needs to look like in Canada. Uh, I would say that leading um, leading businesses and corporations across the country are championing uh, corporate community engagement through their participation in a variety of different ways and through thinking about um, you know, how their um, corporate entity might make a difference um, environmentally and socially um, through a variety of different ways. I would also say that I, I think those corporations and businesses that are leading the way the most are those that are able to um, those that are able to think about how to support uh, employee learning and employee engagement through participation and volunteerism. So increasingly we're finding um, that employees wanna give back, but they're limited in giving back in person. One way they may be able to do that is by um, actively learning about important causes in their community and by gaining knowledge about some of the issues that are really um, uh, super important within their own communities. And then by finding ways individually to contribute to those causes. So. Uh, finding blended programs for volunteerism uh, for, for corporate audiences and for employees, corporate employees specifically um, relevant as we move forward and think about 
um, what volunteering is going to look like in the coming uh, year or, or three years even for that matter, Kirk? Mm, that's interesting. Uh, uh, one of the boards I'm on, uh, there was a board member, uh, and I'm not betraying my board conversations, so I'm okay there, but, but you know, he actually said, you know, it, it bothers me a great deal that I'm needed to volunteer, that, that somehow this isn't looked after. Um, do we run the risk of taxing Canadians too much, or tasking them, I guess, more than taxing them, ta you know, tasking them with, the, um, with some of the pressure of volunteering, uh, given that we don't have the other kinds of support in place that are more direct, that are either coming from government or business or, or individuals? Well, I think that's uh, I think that's a challenging question to have a really straight answer on, Kirk. I think um, I think on the one hand, I would say that it's a great privilege to be able to, to volunteer, and that there is um, um, the contributions we provide collectively. I think are what strengthen our nation. I think if we um, left all of the acts of the charitable and nonprofit sector or community organizations or clubs or service clubs to some sort of transactional relationship, we might be in a bit of trouble, Kirk. I, I would kind of worry about what that would look like. The other thing I'm going to highlight or flag or say, which is kind of a bit of, a, I'm going to, I'm going to um, offer a bit of a counter perspective only in as much as um, I think we're seeing across the charitable sector, across community organizations, a tremendous amount of burnout in staff and a tremendous amount of burnout across volunteers also. I think the mm -hmm. needs are tremendous uh, that we're experiencing. I mean, I, I, you know, some of what we're seeing in terms of some of the climate crises that, that we're all living through are tremendous. Um, and the acceleration of crises are tremendous, I think. And so how we manage ourselves through those kinds of moments collectively, I think are important questions. What are the kinds of supports that individuals and collective um, organizations and groups need to really feel more buoyant and lifted up. I think we're seeing this notion of um, of trauma as something that's uh, an important thread we have to pay attention to, especially for those that are in constant helping roles or constantly trying to respond to need in their communities. So I do think it's important that we really think about what a robust social recovery looks like, Kirk. And I think to that end, we, we do need to work um, collectively with our partners in business and in government to think about what a national voluntary action strategy would look like for the country. I, I know many other jurisdictions are, are developing those and I think it's a great opportunity for us as Canadians to think about, hey, what do we want our, our um, what do we want volunteering to look like for the next 10 years and what kind of supports might various sectors put in place to um, enable strong and vibrant and resilient volunteers who have the kind of energy and resources they need to really do the work that they want to do moving forward. Yeah. Would it be fair to say that this is just not a conversation we've had yet as a country because we've taken somewhat for granted the fact that there will always be people stepping up to step in? I don't think I could have said it any better myself, Kirk. I think the humility of, of who we are as a, as a country and as Canadians may, um, you know, it's a great thing to be humble. And on the other hand, I think there is a way in which we take for granted the impact and the contributions of the 24 million Canadians who show up in a variety of different ways. So I'm really encouraging us this National Volunteer Week to really think about what would it take for us collectively to look at um, broader structural supports that would recognize the contributions and impact of volunteers, for sure. Yeah, you, you've actually answered the last question I was going to ask you, which is what can we do this week to think about this in a different way. Well, you, well one uh, thing I would say, Kirk, just in terms of this week is I do think it's really important to to, to celebrate the contributions and to recognize the contributions of, contrib uh, of volunteers 
all across the country. So I, I want to just take a moment to say thank you if you're a volunteer, or if you're even thinking about volunteering. You know, I think there's a tremendous amount of reward that that individuals get from volunteering. And, and I don't think we do enough to recognize and celebrate the contributions of volunteers. So that's one thing. I would also say this notion of having a conversation around how we might strengthen Canada's volunteering infrastructure is something I'm really mindful of as, as the um, head of this national organization that's committed to volunteerism. So I want to like encourage all of us to think about ways we can do that. And I know there's lots of activities happening in, uh, in Vancouver and in Victoria and across BC that are celebrating volunteers. And so I would also encourage um, individuals alongside the celebration to think about what are the supports that might be put in place that will strengthen uh, our volunteering infrastructure moving forward. Yeah, and certainly business has a role to play in. Absolutely, absolutely. And I know there's some leading businesses on the West Coast that are taking a role in actually championing and really celebrating and leading uh, corporate community engagement activities and thinking about really mindfully and consciously the ways that their employees can get involved and in various community initiatives across the province. Yeah, always good conversation to have around volunteering and its importance. Megan, I wanna thank you so much for your time today and good luck with this week. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to meet you, Kirk, thank you. Megan Conway is the CEO and president of Volunteer Candidates, National Volunteer Week in this country. I encourage everybody to give some consideration to how it is we can help each other. I'm Kirk LaPointe, publisher and editor in chief at BIB. Thanks a lot for watching.